Runo 27 of Kalevala, The Land of the Heroes, by Elias Lunrot. Translated by William Forsell Kirby, 1844-1912. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Runo 27, The Duel at Poyola. Argument. Lemminkainen comes to Poyola and behaves with the greatest insolence. The lord of Poyola grows angry, and as he can do nothing against Lemminkainen by magic, he challenges him to a duel. In the course of the duel, Lemminkainen strikes off the head of the lord of Poyola, and to avenge this, the mistress of Poyola raises an army against him. Now that I have brought my cowco, carried Ato Saralainen, often past death's jaw expanded, past the very tongue of Kalma, to the banquet held at Poya, and to the concealed carousal, now must I relate in detail, and my tongue relate in fullness, how the lively Lemminkainen, he the handsome Kaukomili, to the homestead came of Poya, holes of Sariola the misty, uninvited to the banquet, to the drinking bout unbidden. Thus the lively Lemminkainen, ruddy youth and arrant scoundrel, in the room at once came forward walking to the very middle. Neath him swayed the floor of linden, and the room of firwood rattled. Spoke the lively Lemminkainen, and he said the words which follow, Greetings to ye on my coming, greetings also to the greeter. Hearken, Poyala's great master, have you here within this dwelling barley for the horse's fodder, beer to offer to the hero? There sat Poyala's great master at the end of the long table, and from thence he made his answer in the very words which follow. Perhaps there is within this dwelling standing room for your fine courser. Nor would I indeed forbid you in the room a quiet corner, or to stand within the doorway in the doorway neath the rafters, in the space between two kettles there where three large hoes are standing. Then the lively Lemminkainen tore his black beard in his anger. T'was the color of a kettle. And he spoke the words which follow. Lempo may perchance be willing thus to stand within the doorway, where he might with soot be dirtied, while the soot falls all around him. But at no time did my father, never did my aged father ever stand in such a station in the doorway, neath the rafters. There was always room sufficient for his horse within the stable, and a clean room for the hero, and a place to put his gloves in, pegs whereon to hang his mittens, walls where swords may rest in order. Why should I not also find it as my father always found it? After this he strode on further, to the end of the long table, at the bench end then he sat him, at the end of bench of firwood, and the bench it cracked beneath him and the bench of firwood tottered. Said the lively Lemminkainen, seems to me that I am unwelcome, as no ale is offered to me, to the guest who just has entered. Ilpotar, the noble mistress, answered in the words which follow, 
O thou boy, O Lemminkainen, not as guest thou comest among us, but upon my head to trample, and to make it bow before you, for our ale is still in barley, still in malt the drink delicious, and the wheat-bread still unbacon, and unboiled the meat remaineth. Yesternight you should have entered, or perchance have come to-morrow. Then the lively Lemminkainen twisted mouth, and turned his head round, tore his black beard in his anger, and he spoke the words which follow, Eaten is the feast already, finished feast and drunk the bride ale, and the ale has been divided to the men the mead been given, and the cans away been carried, and the pint-pots laid in storage. Poyola's illustrious mistress, long-toothed mistress of Pimentola, thou hast held the wedding badly, and in doggish fashion held it. Bake the bread in loaves enormous, thou hast brewed the beer of barley, six times sent thy invitations, nine times hast thou sent a summons. Thou hast asked the poor, the spectres, asked the scum, and asked the wastrels, asked the leanest of the loafers, laborers with one garment only. All folks else thou hast invited, me rejected, uninvited. Wherefore should I thus be treated, when I sent myself the barley? Others brought it by the spoonful, others poured it out by dishfuls, but I poured it out in bushels, by the half-ton, out I poured it, of my own the best of barley, corn which I had sown aforetime. Tis not now that Lemminkainen is a guest of great distinction, for no ale is offered to me, nor the pot set on the fire. In the pot is nothing cooking, not a pound of pork you give me, neither food nor drink you give me. Now my weary journey's ended. Ilpotar, the noble mistress, uttered then the words which follow. O oh, my little waiting maiden, O oh, my ever-ready servant, put into the pot some dinner, bring some ale to give the stranger. Then the girl, the child so wretched, washed the worst of all the dishes, and the spoons she then was wiping, and the ladles she was scouring. Then into the pot put dinner, bones of meat and heads of fishes, very ancient stalks of turnips, crusts of bread of stony hardness, and a pint of ale she brought him, and a can of filthy victuals gave it lively Lemminkainen, that he should drink out the refuse. And she spoke the words which follow. If you are indeed a hero, can you drink the ale I bring you, nor upset the can that holds it? Lemminkainen, youth so lively, looked at once into the pint-pot, and below a worm was creeping, in the midst there crept a serpent. On the edge were serpents creeping, lizards also there were gliding, said the lively Lemminkainen, loudly grumbled Kaukomili, off to Tuonela the bearer, quick to Manala the handmaid, ere the moon again has risen, or this very day is ended. Afterwards these words he added, O thou beer, thou drink so nasty, in an evil hour concocted, evil only lurks within thee. Notwithstanding I will drink it, on the ground will cast the refuse, with my nameless finger lift it, with my left thumb will I lift it. 
Then he felt into his pocket, and within his pouch was searching, took an angle from his pocket, iron hooks from out his satchel, dropped it down into the pint pot, in the ale began to angle, hooked the snakes upon his fish hooks, on his hooks the evil vipers. Up he drew of toads a hundred, and of dusky snakes a thousand. Down upon the ground he threw them, threw them all upon the planking. Thereupon a sharp knife taking, from the sheath he quickly drew it, cut the heads from off the serpents, broke the necks of all the serpents. Then he drank the ale with gusto, drank the black mead with enjoyment, and he spoke the words which follow. As a guest I am not honored, since no ale was brought unto me which was better worth my drinking, offered me by hands more careful, in a larger vessel brought me. Since no sheep was slaughtered for me, no gigantic steer was slaughtered, in the hole no ox they brought me from the house of hoofed cattle. Then did Poyola's great master answer in the words which follow, Wherefore have you then come hither? Who invited you among us? Answered lively Lemminkainen, said the handsome Kaukomili, Good is perhaps the guest invited, better still if uninvited. Hearken then, thou son of Poya, Poyola's illustrious master. Give me ale for cash directly, reach me here some drink for money. Then did Poyola's great master angry grow and greatly furious, very furious and indignant, sang a pond upon the flooring, in the front of Lemminkainen, and he said the words which follow. Here's a river you may drink of, here's a pond that you may splash in. Little troubled Lemminkainen, and he spoke the words which follow. I'm no calf by women driven, nor a bull with tail behind me, that I drink of river water, or from filthy ponds the water. Then himself began to conjure, and himself commenced his singing, sang upon the floor a bullock, mighty ox with horns all golden, and he soon drank up the puddle, drank the river up with pleasure. But the mighty son of Poya by his spells a wolf created, and upon the floor he sang him to devour the fleshy bullock. Lemminkainen, youth so lively, sang a white hare to his presence, and upon the floor t'was leaping, near the wolf-jaws widely opened. But the mighty son of Poya sang a dog with pointed muzzle, and the dog the hare devoured, rent the squint-eye into fragments. Lemminkainen, youth so lively, on the rafters sang a squirrel, and it frolicked on the rafters, and the dog was barking at it. But the mighty son of Poya sang a golden-breasted martin, and the martin seized the squirrel on the rafter's end while sitting. Lemminkainen, youth so lively, sang a fox of ruddy color, and it killed the gold-breast martin, and destroyed the handsome-haired one. But the mighty son of Poya by his spells a hen created, and upon the ground t'was walking just before the fox's muzzle. Lemminkainen, youth so lively, thereupon a hawk created. Quickly with its claws it seized it, and it tore the hen to pieces. Then said Poyola's great master in the very words which follow, Better will not be the banquet, 
nor the guest provision lessened house for work the road for strangers unrefreshed from the carousal quit this place o scamp of hisi haste away from all folk's knowledge to thy home o toad the basest forth o scoundrel to thy country answered lively lemminkainen said the handsome kaukomili none would let himself be banished not a man how bad soever from this place be ever driven forced to fly from such a station then did pohjola's great master snatch his sword from wall where hanging grasped in haste the sharpened weapon and he spoke the words which follow o thou ati saralainen o thou handsome kaukomili let us match our swords together match the glitter of the sword-blades whether my sword is the better or is ati saralainen's said the lively lemminkainen little of my sword is left me for on bones it has been shattered and on skulls completely broken but let this be as it may be if no better feast is ready let us struggle and determine which of our two swords is favoured ne'er in former times my father in a duel has been worsted why should then his son be different or his child be like a baby sword he took and bared his sword-blade and he drew his sharp-edged weapon drew it from the leather scabbard hanging at his belt of lambskin then they measured and inspected which of their two swords was longer and a very little longer was the sword of poya's master as upon the nail the blackness or a half joint of a finger spoke then ati saralainen said the handsome kaukomili as your sword is rather longer let the first attack be yours then did pohjola's great master aim a blow and tried to strike him aimed his sword but never struck it on the head of lemminkainen once indeed he struck the rafters and the beams resounded loudly and across the beam was shattered and the arch in twain was broken then spoke ati saralainen said the handsome kaukomili well what mischief did the rafters and what harm the beam effected that you thus attack the rafters and have made the arch to rattle hear me son of pohya's country pohya's illustrious master awkward tis in room to combat trouble would it give the women if the clean room should be damaged and with blood defiled the flooring let us go into the courtyard in the field outside to battle on the grass outside to combat in the yard the blood looks better in the yard it looks more lovely on the snow it looks much better out into the yard they wandered and they found therein a cowhide and they spread it in the courtyard and they took their stand upon it then said ati saralainen hearken o thou son of poya as your sword is rather longer and your sword is more terrific perhaps indeed you need to use it just before your own departure or before your neck is broken strike away o son of poya fenced away the son of poya struck a blow and struck a second and he struck a third blow after but he could not strike him fairly could not scratch the flesh upon him from his skin a single bristle 
Then spoke Ati Sarilainen, said the handsome Kaukomili, Give me leave to try a little, for at last my time is coming. Natheless, Poyola's great master did not pay the least attention, striking on without reflection, ever striking, never hitting. From his sword blade flashed red fire, and its edge was always gleaming, in the hands of Lemminkainen, and the sheen extended further as against the neck he turned it of the mighty son of Poya. Said the handsome Lemminkainen, Hearken, Poyola's great master. True it is, thy neck so wretched is as red as dawn of morning. Thereupon the son of Poya, he the mighty lord of Poya, bent his eyes that he might witness how his own neck had been reddened. Then the lively Lemminkainen hurriedly a stroke delivered, with his sword he struck the hero, quickly with the sword he struck him. Full and fair he struck the hero, struck his head from off his shoulders, and the skull from neck he severed, as from off the stalk a turnip, or an ear of corn is severed, from a fish a fin divided. In the yard the head went rolling, and the skull in the enclosure as when it is struck by arrow falls the capricale from treetop. In the ground stood stakes a hundred, in the yard there stood a thousand. On the stakes were heads a hundred, only one stake still was headless. Then the lively Lemminkainen took the head of the poor fellow. From the ground the skull he lifted, and upon the stake he set it. Then did Ati Saralainen, he the handsome Kaukomili, once again the house re-enter, and he spoke the words which follow. Wicked maid, now bring me water, that I wash my hands and cleanse them. From the blood of wicked master, from the gore of man of evil. Furious was the crone of Poya, wild with wrath and indignation. And at once she sang up swordsmen, heroes well equipped for battle. Up she sang a hundred swordsmen, sang a thousand weapon-bearers, Lemminkainen's head to capture from the neck of Kaukomili. Now the time seemed really coming, fitting time for his departure. Terror came at length upon him, and too hard the task before him. From the house the youthful Ati, Lemminkainen, quick departed, from the feast prepared at Poya, from the unannounced carousal. End of Runo 27 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine